What's up, everybody? I'm JJ John J. Stramski. And I'm Jason Goff. And if you haven't heard, The Ringer has gone local. I'm bringing the fire. I'm bringing the rain from the Big Apple with my show, New York, New York. And I'm repping Chi-Town with my new show, The Full Go on All Things Chicago. We've got episodes three nights a week with all the reaction to the local teams and guests. Plus bonus episodes around all the big games and storylines. So whether you're uptown, downtown, in the burbs, or a transplant. Make sure you follow New York, New York, and The Full Go on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am here with Danny Kelly and Craig Quarlbeck. Week four is done. We're giving out awards for Sunday night. But first, we want you to give us an award because we're millennials and it's a participation trophy and we're thirsting. Spotify has stars now. You can give us five stars on Spotify. It helps. We'll grovel if we have to. Is it desperate? Is it thirsty? Absolutely. We're begging. We'll take the five stars. It really does actually help. You can do it on Apple too if you want. Yes, but it's now possible on Spotify. This is our version of a bikini photo on Instagram. Yeah, right? it's this like just... This just is our version of that. Absolutely desperate. Okay, so actually, though, it does help. Please, five stars on Spotify. Thank you. Okay, enough of that. Craig, you were at a wedding this weekend, so you didn't really get to watch the games. So we're just going to explain to Craig what happened today. <laughs> Super simple. I can do it in like a sentence. Brady beat Belichick. I so, watched that game. I watched that game. Oh, you That's, did? I, did I got home for the Sunday night. I watched Puck's uh, Pat. Bucks Pats. Uh, I watched that, but the other games, I was checking stats on Sportacular, my preferred app of choosing. Wow. Um, and yeah, I actually did get to Sportacular does this one thing where they they for some reason have like some deal with whoever where you can watch one game live on your phone. So I it was actually the Steeler game. So I did get to watch the Steeler game in the car ride down from the wedding. That's <laughs> yeah. the only game I watched. He's DMing us about Roethlisberger the whole time. Wow, well, you probably got car sick if you were, that was the only one you were able to watch. Okay. There's no way you're going to trick us into talking about the Steelers first, though. We're talking about Pat's Bucks. <laughs> we're getting ready to awards. We're just getting into it. Winner, Tom Brady. Technically a winner, but like he also kind of sucked and maybe should have been a loser. I thought what Collins he, over, he had a lot of overthrows. Sorry, Craig. I, I mean, didn't mean to interrupt you, but yeah, he, he looked a little shaky at times, I'd say. Yeah, the, the first quarter he was a little shaky. I liked what Collinsworth said after the game. It was kind of a draw. Like I know the Bucks won, but it was kind of a draw between like the the Belichick versus Brady narrative. Like right. I think the, I think Belichick did a great job schematically. It was kind of a slog of a game, but also a really good game. It felt like a chess match. Mac Jones was really good. Like it all kind of was just like a really good game. I don't think there was a massive winner or loser here. I mean, the, the, I guess the fact that the Pats hung in there and like easily covered the spread almost won the game. I guess they are you know a winner even though they lost. I've watched football for long enough that I wish I could know if the torrential downpour that was just going the entire game, I wish I knew how to assign blame. Because on one hand, it was like Brady was off. On the other hand, it was pouring. Yeah. And then Absolutely it stopped pouring. for Brady's drive and then turned back on for Mac. <laughs> the little sky opened up. And yeah. God himself reached down and let's, let Tom Brady like go down and score. Let's not push that narrative. Let's just let let's just let it be. Oh well, you don't think that God is rooting for Tom Brady over <laughs> Belichick? Yeah, is that even a hot take? It feels like a medium take at best. That's like room temperature. We've been new. That's right. Okay. You're you're so offended that, <laughs> that I was insinuating God doesn't love Tom Brady. It anyway. was divine intervention. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it's, the whole thing's a coincidence. What did he do? Like hard work? Please. Uh, okay. Other person winner here. Mac Jones played incredible. Look great. It was kind of like you look it around, but like, oh, Matt Jones is playing well. And then they flashed that graphic that was 
Most consecutive completions for a rookie in 30 years? He had 19. That was Brady's record in New England. That is crazy. Do you not think there was a little dinking and dunking going on, or how do we feel about that? He looked like Tom Brady. I thought Mac was honestly really good. Everybody just (laughs) is so uh, positive when they talk about Mac Jones, and his demeanor is super relaxed. He's he's incredibly accurate. He's mobile in the pocket. I think he looks awesome. I think he is by far the best rookie quarterback. I actually think, DK, the dinking and dunking was fair earlier but like this game was not like he kind of was throwing downfield let me pull up i'm curious how far his average pass traveled because like 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 he said the 18th completion was like 18th consecutive completion and then i was like well obviously he will throw the next one incomplete because he they jinxed it and then the next one went for like 20 yards downfield i mean i was pretty impressed where they basically ditched yeah first of all all this is interesting average depth of target like how far down the field they were throwing mac jones 8.4 so 15th, dead middle. Tom Brady, 8.3, dead middle. Like They had basically the exact same in this game. But okay. The one thing I will say about Mac Jones that I was very impressed with, he the way he moves around in the pocket, it, that's the way, that's the thing I think that you can compare him to Brady on. Like his subtle pocket movements, the way he like can avoid a pass rusher, stay in the pocket, climb the pocket, get rid of a pass. I think that really is, it's such a crucial ability and talent and i think that's something that he has um i don't know if he i i I don't know if i felt that he was like lighting the world on fire but he was definitely very like poised and and confident the way he's moving about the pocket was impressive so yeah i'll give him that there's a thousand things about this game that are interesting but i actually think if you zoom out what actually just happened is that in a weird way the patriots complete the new england's complete inability to run helped them because they had <laughs> negative rushing yards in the first half. And then they basically were like, screw it. Let's just do what Mac Jones did at Alabama. And they started throwing more on first and second down. And they started being more aggressive. Tampa Bay started kind of le- did the opposite. And they started running more. And Tampa Bay was more conservative on first and second down. A lot more runs, which they did have a couple drives where Lenny shoved it. Like, like they really just went right up the teeth of defense. But overall, I actually thought the Bucks were almost more conservative right until the end when they started taking those deep shots. Mm-hmm. And then the, and Mac Jones was in some ways almost more aggressive for like large chunks of the game, which is weird. I think Bruce Arians said that after the game too. He was like, yeah, he was, he was just being really careful. Didn't want to turn it over. Didn't want to like change the game in that sense in terms of like creating a turnover and giving the Patriots another big chance to kind of like capitalize or whatever. Cause he two, 22 out of 43 for 269 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. Hi, if it's your first quarter, your second quarterback, about like that's when he breaks the record. I thought it was in play for a second there. Yeah. When the game started really slow and it was raining, I was like, oh, wow, this actually might hit. But how, how weird I, uh, is it that they, they, what was that? It was a 26 yard catch. Then they bumped it to 27. And then they bumped yeah, it they to 28. They went to commercial. <laughs> yeah. They gave him the record during the commercial. He changed. We didn't even have the moment. It was Drew so Brees, They stopped the game when he did it. Yeah. I think the Bucs are too good at stopping the run. Like, they need to ease up on that because so then teams run a little bit more. And then, that, like, teams are just seeing, like, all right, fine, we'll just throw it, like, 40, 50 times a game, and it's working because their secondary is so bad. Yeah. I almost think they should be a little bit worse at stopping the run so teams, like, are, feel like get tricked into running the ball a little bit more. It's a real galaxy brain. That's they made Everyone made such a big deal, rightfully so, that they brought, uh, the, the Bucks brought, like, all 22 starters back from the Super Bowl. I mean, they are already down basically all but one guy from the secondary that played in that game. Richard I mean, Sherman started. They signed him a few days ago. Richard Sherman. <laughs> it's like crazy aside from everything that happened this summer, uh, which was not super funny at all. But the today, he was the first guy targeted in coverage. I think Mac Jones, when, like, when Richard Sherman was the closest defender, so you don't always know it's him, but like next-gen stats can track where he's on the field. Mac Jones was 7 for 7 to start the game. For like a hundred yards all targeting all Richard Sherman, Sherman yeah. and plus a, a deep pass interference. Like Sherman got roasted from a lot of this game. Yeah. That's how you know, like when a when a play caller or a quarterback's at like a professional is when they go after the guy like that. Like the second that Pats guy got hurt, Brady immediately oh went to my his God. backup. The whole game almost basically came down to that, to be honest, with Jonathan Joseph getting hurt. I know. I don't get okay. why people don't do that more. I'm all about I know. that. I think that's a great idea. It's 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 honestly it's the it's like the best that guy comes off the bench. You're like you are screwed, but <laughs> we're just gonna just freaking guard go Antonio for it. Brown. <laughs> DK, I'm surprised you're a little bit down on Mac Jones. I, I so let me be clear. I'm not down on him. I think 
he has looked probably like the most impressive rookie. And I think this week, the rookies all took a huge jump in terms of just yes. looking like professional quarterbacks that actually you can, you know, plug into a fantasy lineup and or trust to run your real football team. So I think overall, all the rookie quarterbacks look good today. Um, and I've said multiple times all year, Mac Jones has been the, the most impressive rookie. I just am not quite ready to be like he was incredible in that game. But there were so many mitigating circumstances. It was rainy. It was crappy. They had no run game. So overall, yes, he was impressive. I'll give you that. Can I give you guys a loser from this game? Sure. Please. What what in the name of God is with the Belichick family when they're on television? These people are <laughs> gross. They're disgusting. Dude. Bill what's, Belichick. Steve, what's his kid's name? Steve? Steve Belichick. He was like rolling mid game. Like third quarter, his, he was rolling. His tongue. He was tasting colors. Every which way, <laughs> every direction. <laughs> things I don't even want to describe. I, are, it was really off putting. And then you're like, well, why is he doing that? Well, no wonder where does he get it from? Bill Belichick, every time they come to him on Southern, wiping his nose, picking his teeth with his pencil and they chose this moment when he's on the screen behind Collinsworth and Al Michaels. And he's like picking the, it was honestly every single time, like gross. the same way Mac Jones had the consecutive <laughs> completions record. NBC had like nine cuts in a row to a Belichick doing something gross with their face. Belichick was the kid in middle school where you'd ask to borrow his pencil and he'd hand it to you. And it was just covered in bite marks. And you're like, I'm good. I'll get it from somebody else. <laughs> oh man. I could have used a little less Steve Belichick screen time. It's weird to like catch someone. I, and look, I have some like, you know, rock moonus. It's like, you know, you're you're on national television and you're doing something with your tongue and now 25 million people saw that, but they got him twice. And that like multiple times, yeah. That's 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 means you just do stuff with your tongue. But yeah, really stop. Please stop throwing. Please stop cutting it's, to Steve Belichick. So like for the love, I will do any I would I would pay money. I would pay pay-per-view to not to not see that anymore. <laughs> All right. Let's get to well. Any before, before we get to the rest of the Sunday games, any final thoughts on this like yeah. Brady Belichick thing? Just, like, oh, okay. I was going to. I think say, moral moral victories are overrated. I actually think this is like the definition of a moral victory for the yeah. Patriots. You doinked it, and you almost yeah. beat him. I mean, yeah, Mac Jones did go toe to toe with Brady for the most part for this game. They almost won it. That fifty six yarder doinked off the crossbar or the sidebar or whatever. I think overall the game lived up to the hype when you say it did which is kind of rare second <laughs> you know, half really really yeah. kind of kicked it what up was the score 20 1917 that's like the best single or like like sub 20 digit game i think i've like ever seen yeah yeah really good and then also just again if we're talking about process over outcome like if they made the field goal we would just be actually absolutely fawning over mac jones and the patriots and belichick and everything they did like i know it's way too it. easy to make the comp but he really does look like brady like on the pats I mean, that was the pre-draft comp before they took him. Like, it's yeah. not a reach. Like, it's like, it's like you, you probably know someone in your life who breaks up with someone and they start dating like someone very similar, but just younger. Like, that's yeah. basically what the Patriots did. It's what the but, Giants did with Eli Man. You know how you grow up and you're, you like emulate your favorite sports star, whether like the way that you shoot a basketball, the way you swing a bat, blah, blah, blah. Like Mac Jones legitimately was just emulating Brady his whole life. And that's like yeah. what they throw the same. They like. They like move around the same in the pocket. Uh, it's crazy. All right, let's get to the rest of Sunday. Okay, DK. Other than everything from uh, Bucks Patriots, yeah. who's your biggest winner for the day? So, first guy that comes to mind, I think he's having, and we didn't really talk about this guy last week too much because they, he was the Thursday night football game. But DJ Moore from the Panthers is making, I think, a legit superstar breakout this season so far. Um, He's always been the, the guy that we just love in terms of his talent, his athletic ability, his yards after the catch ability, blah, blah, blah. But he never really scored touchdowns. That was always a big problem. Um, and it really does feel to me like he's made the jump into that superstar status, especially at, uh, the re receiver position in fantasy. Uh, 12 targets, 8 catches, 113 yards, 2 touchdowns today. Um, he, he had 31 points. He's had 20-plus points in PBR, 3 straight games now. Um, it just feels like he is dominating that passing game in terms of like who Sam Darnold really trusts the most. His uh, target share so far this year, 30.7%. Robbie Anderson, the closest next one, is 15.7%. So he is he's like doubling up all the other receivers on the Panthers so far in terms of his target share. And I mean, he looks legit. Just the eye test, he looks like a star. So I don't know, I'm just like, Looking at DJ Moore, he's only 24 years old. This guy still feels like it's the limit with this guy. So that's incredible. He is just, yeah, he's just been very impressive. 
It's just cool that it worked out. We've been hearing about it for so long. I think, you yeah. know, it's like, it's almost yeah. like Marquise Brown. Like, it's, it finally actually is happening. It was this weird fake out last year where, you know, Joe Brady comes in. He's the, he's going to be the OC. And we're all excited about what DJ Moore can do in this offense. And strangely enough, they seem to like make Robbie Anderson the go to guy in the offense. And basically, Robbie Anderson did what we all thought DJ Moore was going to do. I don't know why that happened, and I don't know why they wised up to it over the offseason, but now DJ Moore is doing basically what everyone yeah. thought he was going to do last year. I loved loved Robbie Anderson this offseason. One of the main reasons was, as you said, DK, people were kind of wish-casting DJ Moore to have Robbie Anderson's role. And then two, I thought Darnold and the Panthers' offense would be way better than people thought. I think Darnold and the Panthers are better than people thought, but DJ Moore has absolutely taken that Robbie Anderson role back. Yeah. And again, also... We, in the words of Aubrey Graham, the hardest part is patience. Like this dude did have like twelve hundred receiving yards at twenty three years old yeah. last year. Yeah. Do you know who Aubrey Graham no, is? I don't. He's a he's like a modern age like philosopher, but he's kind of done it in like a very he's like very popular like on the TikToks. Um, he's very quotable. Yeah, he's like very quotable. His name guy. His, he goes by on the he goes by faces. Drake. Craig, I really wish you hadn't done that. That would have been so much better if you had not <laughs> ever said that. I that really, like a, I really you never only get those kind of out. chances like very rarely. I really to, like, never would that. have known. I never would have looked it up. I'm, I never would have like it, it went over my head so far. You don't I even know. I am so furious that Craig just ruined <laughs> that. that. Went, we could have had that. It was like, miles over my head. Weeks. Miles, miles, miles. Okay, Fuck. so back to DJ. Oh uh, no, we couldn't have watched him burn. <laughs> yes, like we that. can. Man, we don't have. I, Not me. It was just his birthday. Oh, Come on. Whatever. Oh yeah, happy birthday, DK. Thanks. We didn't actually address this on the pod. Happy 27th birthday, Happy, Danny. Yeah, Kelly. yeah, yeah. Let's go with that. Okay. Uh, uh, my mind just went play. All right, DJ Moore's DJ winner. Moore. Oh. He's, so pending Monday Night Football, DJ Moore, wide receiver five on the year. That's impressive. Okay, well, I, I can, oh, can one-up that. My winner this week, I can't believe this is my life, is Corderell Patterson <laughs> for the Falcons. So let's just... There's a whole awkward Mike Davis elephant in the room. Here's what we're going to do. Mike Davis, I'm going to put in the bird book. We're going to do Cordell Patterson first, and then we're just going to get right into Mike Davis. We're going to make it one big conversation, okay? Well, but give Patterson his due. DK just said DJ Moore is the fifth, the top five receiver in the season. Let me tell you guys something. Cordell Patterson, right now, is the second best running back in fantasy football this year. <laughs> he is behind Derrick Henry I love and this. only Derrick Henry. It's just let insane. that sink in. Now, <laughs> I want you to keep that in mind when I say this. Cordell Patterson is the number two running back in fantasy football this year, despite playing on like a third of Atlanta's snaps this season. He had today, he had five catches for 82 yards, three receiving touchdowns. He ran 12 routes, he caught three touchdowns. Love it. He's that good. The efficiency king. He's like the new Alvin Kamara. I'm trying to look at it to see like if this was happening at all last year. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it does happen. Cause no, it was not. I can tell you why. Because Mike or Tristan Cockroft pointed out, Cordero Patterson has more points in the last three weeks than he did either of the previous two seasons. No, I'm not talking about with him. I'm like, I'm like, is this that crazy that like a rando is coming out of nowhere and like commit, like being a top five player at his position? Last week after four weeks, last year after week four, James Robinson was the RB6. And I think everybody was like, literally, what the he who the hell is James Robinson? So it, this stuff like this does happen. But man, number two is is pretty wild, especially the fact that he's 30 and James Robinson was like a rookie. So, you know, the fact that Corderell yeah. has never been really that good. It's a kick returner. It's a 30-year-old kick returner. Also, came, James I, Robinson was getting like 98% of the snaps <laughs> for the Jags. Like he's getting, he, he literally ran 12 routes this week. He had 23 snaps. <laughs> 23 snaps Mike Davis had 51 35 points snaps. on 23 Should snaps. they just double him he, whenever he's in the game because they know he's going to get the ball we always say volume's king and it's like you want to be on the field with the snaps and you want to get touches so like if you're Christian McCaffrey and you get 60 snaps that's great if you're lucky you get 30 uh, he's getting more than a point he's getting two points a snap would it be blasphemous to say to sell high right now and just get out No, I think you have to or at least, but no, it's the reverse. It's right. He's so good, they have to play him more, right? Oh, this is how you can talk yourself into holding him. Yeah. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. Because 
Yeah, I don't know. Is he the greatest player in the NFL? Okay, Maybe. <laughs> this is perfect. I didn't watch that game today. Was he incredible or was or was Dude, he? Dude, he mossed yes. a guy. Craig, Here's, he mossed a guy in the end zone. He went up Craig, over him, right. so, ripped it down. It was like freaking Des Bryant in his prime. Yeah, he yeah. is that he is that good. It's not he like he is that good. <laughs> so Craig, I, I will answer the it's question so getting the Mike Davis part. And the reason I'm putting Mike Davis in the burn book, it's so Mike Davis. so Mike well, Cordell Patterson had three touchdowns, receiving touchdowns. He, and he had also had six yards for 34 yards. Mike Davis had uh, 15 touches for 26 yards, which is not great. He had a touchdown that completely bailed him out. And Mike Davis has broken my heart because I think what's crazy is that I'm, I'm waving the white flag. I'd have radicalized a lot of people in Mike Davis, and I apologize. Like, this is upsetting. Yeah. And But here's what's really upsetting is that I'm wrong in a completely different way than I thought I was putting my neck out there. What I thought, if I was wrong, would be, well, Mike Davis lost the job because he's a 28-year-old journeyman running back with, like, no track record of this. And so if he loses the job, I'll look stupid. What's crazy is he has the job. He's playing <laughs> two-thirds of the steps. He leads the team in rushing. Like, he is the starting running back for the Falcons. The problem is that not only is he not great, the Falcons suck. The, like that, like the D, like as DK pointed out, they're the worst offense by DVOA through three weeks. What's crazy is, it, I mean, Calvin Ridley hasn't done anything. Kyle Pitts isn't doing much. Matt Ryan looks bad. What's crazy is, if you watch the Falcons, the only way they can get a first down is to give the ball to Cordell Patterson. So this whole the the Mike Davis thing is funny because. Uh, all off season, I feel like people were trying to, especially in Dynasty. So, like, this is a Dynasty tangent, sort of. But I have so many Caleb Huntley shares and uh, whoever that JV and Hawkins. Like, I I had literally like all my fantasy team, all my Dynasty teams. I was adding these guys. You talking about other Atlanta Falcons running backs? Yeah, that- these were the guys that were sitting behind Mike Davis. It's like, oh, they have a real opportunity here. Blah blah blah. Maybe Mike Davis isn't like the guy. Maybe they'll end up having you know whatever. Maybe he'll get hurt. Cordero Patterson's sitting on literally like 90% of waivers all off season. No one talked More about it. That. It's like the detective's curse. Like the solution was just right there under our nose. Well, and we no, never but the crazy saw thing it. Is How the, did we never the, see that? No, but the foundation of that conversation is that Mike Davis will lose the job, that other people will get the snaps and the touches. The crazy thing is Mike Davis is the starting running back for the Falcons. He's just the starting running back for one of the worst <laughs> three running games in the NFL. I'm disappointed in you, Heifetz. You gave up. He's, it's week he's four not dying on up. the hill. Thirty-year-old Cordero Patterson got hot for a month, and you gave up I just, on Mike Davis. No, I, the reason I'm willing to do it is that he's just really just there's just seems like there's five times more ways to get him the ball. And again, like like again, is it still? It's kind of like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, where Robert Woods is not doing anything yet. But as DK said, unless Cooper Cup's going to score forty-five touchdowns at some point, it's going to even out, right? And maybe I'm an idiot for abandoning the hill, but what I have now, I have watched a lot of Atlanta over like this season. And it's not just my, like Calvin Ridley isn't doing anything. He just seems like a better version of Juju when Antonio Brown left. And we're like, Oh, Juju was a great number two. It's like, Julio Jones is gone. Calvin Ridley ain't doing much. Cordero Patterson is the only guy who's good. It's, it's like they should have him on the field for every play. Or maybe it's just Arthur Smith gets all his creativity out when Cordero Patterson's on the field and they can't run a regular offense without him. But I, I watching the games, I, it's not just Mike Davis. It's they can't do anything if he's not on the field. I'm going to laugh so hard if Mike Davis just like turns into the turns into an is this, RB1. Is this a, like, I, it's a, you know what? Maybe it requires a blood <laughs> sacrifice like now that I've given up. Exercising the demons. Anyway. Uh, anyway, so I'm putting Mike Davis in the burn book. Patterson's my winner. And I am empty inside. I feel nothing. Just let it out, man. Just flush it. You've been killing it on the prop bets. You know what's funny? I am I'm 11 for 12 on the prop bets. Can I tell you something? All I was thinking about all day is Cordell Patterson. <laughs> Couldn't give one shit about being 11 for 12 on the prop yeah. bets. Can't believe Mike Davis sucks and Cordell Patterson is incredible. <laughs> it sucks. It does suck. <laughs> Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected. Subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Anyway, let's move on. Craig, you did not, like, see these games. So, like, do you have thoughts? Like, instead of, like, winners, yeah. can you just give us, like, just, like you're just perusing these box scores. And you're yeah, like, yeah. how did that happen? Oh, I like this, like, box score scouting. Right. Box score scouting. Box scores. Yeah, this is a little new segment. Anytime one of us is gone and you got to just check the stats only, uh, you'll, you'll, I'll, I'll bring your, bring your questions and, and I go to the, the, uh, the tape grinders, you two. Okay. So as I was driving down from Northern California down here, I was literally just on like the app, like refreshing games. Being yeah. Like, oh, you know, Calvin really just kind of passed. Cool. But I'm not seeing what's going on. And then you check things, you know, you, you stop, you go get a burger. You're like, oh my God, the Cowboys have 40 points now. Who's actually playing well? Okay. Here are my questions. I have four questions for you guys. One, the first one, it seems pretty like specific and esoteric, but I don't know why I'm obsessed with this guy. Is Kadarius <laughs> Tony legit? I think, Is he good or I think or, he's or, good. Or the Giants just I think he, hurt. I think there's a chance he's good. Like if you watch him this week and and last week, honestly, in, in the limited amount of times he got touches last week, uh, he looked explosive. And I would say the word that I would that use the most with him is sudden. I'm very reticent to like go overboard with Tony because I went overboard with Rondell Moore and I regretted it. Um, however, Tony is running routes on like almost all the Giants' uh, offensive plays right now, which is great. Um, Rondell Moore is still like very much a part-time player, um, and I think in the meantime, so like background, he had six catches for 78 yards on nine targets this week. Thirteen. And Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton were both out this week. Yes. So I was I was going to say in the short term. It feels like Tony is a guy that they're going to incorporate heavily into their offense, at least until Sterling Shepard comes back, um, because Sterling Shepard was playing in the slot primarily. Um, so I don't know how that's going to shake out. But I think until Shepard is back, Tony looks startable to me. And and again, going back to like the tape, he just looks really sudden. If you watch him when he's running around, he's making these like ridiculously just like sharp cuts. It's like you, you ever seen those like flies that fly around that just like fly at right angles and like zigzag like around like pinball a, like this is what tony looks like when he's just running you know after after the catch he actually reminds me almost of like kyrie irving creating a shot i know kyrie irving you know maybe isn't exactly playing much these days but it, it, like the way he could just create you know when there's no space somewhere and then there's just boom like mm-hmm. there's separation it's very rare Deontay, maybe Deontay Johnson's in that category too. i just like him i don't know i just like Darius tony i'm gonna add him this well, week. He's play- i just so- the roadblock for him was always going to be the coaching because the coaches just were frustrated with this dude and he kind of rightfully so, but he seems like a classic add him, but I would not play him yet. I disagree with DK. Like I wouldn't, I want to see him produce a little more, but if he actually carves out a role independent of the health of these other guys, that's really interesting, but I wouldn't I mean, depend. Okay. He was the 20th yet. overall pick. I, I, I definitely, yeah, I'm I'm pumping my brakes a little bit on getting too excited about this thing because I tend to go overboard with like rookies that I spent the entire offseason scouting. It's the you know? dynasty brain, yeah. It's the, yeah, it's the, it's the draft it's dynasty brain. brain. It, it is actually a thing. Um, however, I mean, he just looked really good, and again, he's he's the underlying usage is there. He was the first round pick. There's some definitely some some indicators that some signal that he could be um, more than just a flash in the pan. But we'll have to see. I I, I agree with Hype. It's like it's probably best to sort of take it slow. Okay, my next question here. So I know the Bears won, and I was like, oh, okay, the Bears beat the Lions handedly. Uh, Justin Fields probably had a good day, and I looked, and his stat line kind of sucked. Is this, what percentage of it is now on field, and what percent of it, of it what percentage of it is now on Nag? Fuck the stats. Fields was incredible today. I, I, don't, yeah. I don't care. I watched. Is that right? I yeah, watched really? a lot yeah. of that game, and Justin Fields looked like a different player. So wow. background, background and some context. Bill Lazor. Hyphen hates analytics. You heard it here first. <laughs> Anti-Lynx. Well, so here, Justin Fields went 11 for 17 for 209 yards and a pick. And, a pick. Um, and he ran for nine yards. I believe the pick, the pick was, if it's in my misremembering, I, I think the pick was either hit at the line or something. I can't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, the pick though. was not like a pick. So here's that. He got, he led the scoring drives. Like David Montgomery got hurt, but David Montgomery had two touchdowns in the first quarter. It was because Justin Fields got them to the two-yard line and Montgomery just ran it in. Like Justin yeah. Fields looked un- – and then they got up 14-0 in the first quarter, so they didn't need to throw. There's no reason. But he was on third down. He was pinpoint. He was incredible, and he was deep, and they changed the game plan. Yeah. La- like this week – New play oh, caller. I wish I could pull it up. Bill Lazor his- took over play calling, which is oh, godsend. Okay. Yeah. I believe his ADOT today was thir- there was 12. Like as in his average pass went 12 yards downfield. 
Like yeah. that's the kind of deep passing that he's good at. And why isn't he running? What's up with that? No, he I think it's good. I think it's just a small sample situation thing because he ran a bunch in the preseason and in his first couple appearances when he was like doing you know spot work or whatever. And I think it's going to come. It is a very good question because he only had, uh, let's see here, he had three rushes for nine yards. But David um, Montgomery had 23 for 106. And I, I think if you go back and watch the game, I, 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 my gut is that, well, they did a lot of zone read and they yeah. just were like, well, Fields won't beat us. Let David Montgomery beat us. David Montgomery yeah. crushed them. They ran okay. They ran at the ball, let's see here, 31, 34 times with the running backs. <laughs> so um, this isn't like a situation like the Eagles where Jalen Hurts is leading the team in rushing. Yeah, they got However, a 14 nothing immediately. Justin yeah. Fields was great. Also, Damian yeah. Williams had eight carries for 55 yards after Montgomery got hurt. Okay, well, let's, so let's keep cruising through my questions here because I only have two more and they both involve rookie quarterbacks and then I want to do like one, one final question at the end. So Zach Wilson had a pretty good game. He had a great second half according to the stats. They fucking won. Screwed up a parlay I had. They beat the Titans. <laughs> um, and then Trey Lance obviously came in. Garoppolo hurt his calf. I, he threw a 76-yard touchdown to Debo. From what I saw on Twitter, it was a blown coverage, and it wasn't some amazing yeah. play by Trey Lance. So tell me about Zach's performance and Trey Lance's performance and how they compared to Fields and where you kind of rank them now that they've all, they're all kind of playing. Uh, Heifetz, what would you say? I, I think Wilson looked really, really good in the second half. Um, I still think you're going to have to deal with the Jets being pretty inconsistent. But... It was certainly a big jump for him um, in terms of like his confidence. He made a couple ridiculously nice throws, and a lot of like a lot of the production, which I I think is partly good and partly bad, was on broken plays where he was improvising, like his Sandlot stuff. and And we talked about this with Russell Wilson for like the first five years of his career, like oh he has to operate in structure, he can't just be a Sandlot guy. But Zach Wilson is very natural, running around, getting outside the pocket. There, I think there was two big plays where he did that. And made huge passes down the field. Um, Zach Wilson literally looks like he could be in the cast of the Sandlot now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah, I thought I watched Zach Wilson grow up during this game. Like he just wasn't good in the beginning, and then in, by the second half, as DK said, he was fantastic. I yeah. think the Titans' pass rush sucks, and you kind of saw today what Zach Wilson might be if he ever had like anything resembling good protection. Uh, but he really, really did. Like by the end of the game, I was stunned at. The, the competency from the people wearing the Jets uniforms. It was really surprising. Trey Lance looked bad. I don't care. Trey Lance was, he was shaky. Nine, at, nine out of 18, 157 yards, two touchdowns. As you said, one of the touchdowns was the Seahawks forgot to guard a guy down the field. The definition of deceiving <laughs> yards. Like, like, because yeah. I think they flashed a stat that Trey Lance had technically had two touchdowns in his first two throws as a Niner which could not oh, be yeah, more bullshit if they tried. I mean, <laughs> it, it, if you haven't seen the Debo touchdown, I mean, it w broken coverage barely describes. Honestly, it was a bad pass. But I still think, bottom line, I still think that he he might not be my like top streamer going forward, but he he did carry the ball seven times for 41 yards. He's got that rushing upside. He's He is the Jalen Hurts-esque style pass or, or quarterback where he's going he's gonna to run. He's going to take off when pressure comes, and that's going to lead to that that rushing floor. So... Um, he wouldn't be my top streamer this week, but I definitely think I'd probably still rather start Lance over uh, a guy like uh, Wilson just because of that rushing floor. And I exactly. think, you know, we've, we've just seen it so many times. Like, the rushing floor is huge. Yeah, because uh, Jimmy G, the calf, we don't know how long he'll be out, but it's certainly possible. What about Fields as well? Like, how do you rank all three in terms of, let's say next week, I don't know if they have any buys, but let's say next week they're all playing. How would you rank these three in terms of starting in fantasy? I wouldn't even rank them. I think you can tier them. T Fields is in a different tier to me than Lance, and Lance is in a different tier to me than Wilson. But which, you're saying Fields is in the Fields better tier? Fields is number tier? one. I think you could start Fields. I uh, Let me check. I don't remember exactly who they're playing next week. I don't. They got the Raiders on the road. I think Fields is like, you can start him. He looked great to me. Wow. And okay. in a game where they don't get up 14 nothing immediately on a bad division rival, and they actually need to play, I think he would do well. And then Lance, I think you can play. I do not think Shanahan trusts him very much to do much. But the you rushing see what he is said there. after the game? He did basically <laughs> say, I, I believe, I'm paraphrasing, but I believe the quote was basically, uh, it was like a classic debut game, and that's why he's a number two quarterback. Yeah. And then Wilson, Shanahan. I just wouldn't. He looked good, like for a real NFL player. I would not play him in fantasy under like almost any circumstances for Zach Wilson. Okay, thank you very much, boys. Now I feel like I watched the game. There you go, caught up. <laughs> uh, Deke, any other losers for you? 
Yeah, so the Tyson Williams situation with the Ra- Ravens is weird to me. He got he was a healthy scratch this last week. Um and I'm I'm not going to pretend to say that he was like lighting it up and he looked awesome or anything like that, but to me he looked clearly like the most explosive slash dynamic running back in this running back group. I agree. I don't know if it was like he he they hate him because he had a couple of mess ups on pass pro. That could be the case. NFL teams are weird like that. Like they just don't want to get their quarterback hit. And, you know, yeah, uh, super weird. Lamar Jackson. Well, I know that that's not weird, but I'm just saying like they would sacrifice actual rushing talent <laughs> to protect their quarterback, which I guess makes sense in the big picture. But like he's a back injury for Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And so maybe that had hit. something to do with it. But regardless, the Ravens went with Le'Veon Bell, um, Latavius Murray and Devontae Freeman at the running back and Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch. And I mean, Latavius Murray, I guess, looked like the best of the group, but I don't know. It just, to me, it's like very weird. And I, I'm wondering if like, does this just mean going forward, we're, we're dropping Tyson Williams, like he's done, like they're not going to play him anymore. Or do you think this was a situational thing and you just hold on to him and see how it all rolls out? Probably one more week you hold. And then if he doesn't do it again. Yeah, I think you got you don't yeah. cut him, but like, yeah, well, unless you have better options. But my gut is basically when players inactive like this, and you don't know why, unless it's Kyle Shanahan and you just have like a stack of like <laughs> 14 weird decisions. You got to remember, like they know the, the Ravens know 99.9 million more times about the situation than we do. And you just never know why. Um, so, yeah, we'll give another week. If he's inactive another week, then obviously he's a drop, but we'll see. The problem is that clearly it doesn't seem like he'll ever get like a, a sizable workload. Like that just doesn't ever. Seem I mean, like even if he is starting, it's like tough to trust. Exactly. So yeah, he, he's borderline droppable at this point, if not completely droppable. Right. But it's a bummer. Well, on that note, it's panic button time. So we're just gonna go through people. Are you hitting the panic button? Are you hitting the panic button, Tyson Williams? Tyson. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would hit the. Panic I'm panicking. Button. I, I think he's not. He's probably not gonna be useful going forward. Okay. Panic button time. All right. Are you hitting the panic button on Dalvin Cook? On if he was questioned for this game, obviously. No. So it sounds like he tweaked and aggravated what was it, an ankle injury. And yeah. so that was why he d- didn't play that well. The, he, he went out for most of the third quarter, came back in the fourth, ended up with only 34 yards rushing plus a couple of catches. So when he's healthy, no, I'm not worried about it. But like he, he does, he just needs to get healthy. So yeah, no, I'm not panicking yet. Okay. Are you panicking on Allen Robinson who? despite Fields playing well, three catches, 63 yards, has not hit double digits yet. Panicking is not the right word because I'm bullish, generally speaking, on what this Bears offense can do with Justin Fields. Justin Fields looks so much better. It was like night and day. Bill Lazor, so much better game plan. Exactly what we wanted to see from them week last week. Um, so I'm less. So basically, I'm not panicked about Justin Fields anymore. I, obviously, he's going to be up and down. But... In this game, Justin Fields was really looking um, towards, and I'm blanking on his name, uh, the other receiver in this team. That's Darnell Mooney. Mooney. Yeah, Darnell Mooney. Craig's beloved. It was like his number one guy, and, and he, that's kind of bore out in the, in the action that we've seen from Fields this year. So I'm worried. However, I I, I think Robinson's going to be fine from a like floor point of view. I just don't think he's going to be the guy that we thought he was and that he has been over the last few years. You're a little stitious. Not superstitious. I'm not superstitious. I'm a little stitious. Okay. Can I give you a panic button for for a guy I'm worried about? DeAndre Hopkins has 225 yards through four games. That is 56 yards per game. He's averaging six targets a game. He has less yards than AJ Green this year. God. Uh, (laughs) So is this two things? He's not getting the target share, but also do we think he... Is this also part of it because he's not healthy? Yeah, I know he's got the rib thing, but I mean, he, I mean, he, he like it's part of it. He was like taken off the injury report, I think, on Friday. Like, um, I, I don't know. I, I don't, maybe it's no, Kyler think, spreading yeah. the ball around too much, but he, he is like getting significantly less targets than he was last year. I don't know if it's the addition of Rondell Moore, AJ Green, Chase, like James Conner. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but he is seemingly like an average guy on your fantasy team now. I think if we're, if I'm, so I should probably revise my Allen Robinson take and say I'm panicked about Allen Robinson and I'm panicked about Hopkins. Just from the sense that you drafted these guys to be wide receiver ones, right? And he has one more target than AJ Green this year. I, I actually disagree. I think I'm, I think Allen Robinson's a buy low because I think that the Do person you. who has Allen Robinson has not had one moment this year where they've been happy they made the pick. Whereas Hopkins had a good enough week one where people are like, probably not going to, trade Hopkins I'm 
I'm more worried for Hopkins. I actually think Robinson's a buy low. Hopkins, I can, I still would try to trade for Hopkins because I actually think he'll improve, but I'm less confident in it than I am confident Robinson will get better. Because we're at the point now where after two weeks, you know, we did our power ranking of the buy low guys. Even after three weeks, you can be like, this is a really great time to buy low. What? Four weeks, it's like it becomes a pattern. And you're like, is this just the way it is? You know, like, when are we going to? It's hard to time the bottom of the market, Craig. Come on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. I'm certainly worried. Dip. It's hard to know when it's going to dip. His last gonna... three days, or his last three weeks, he's had eight points, three points, and three points in fantasy. Yeah. I mean, his target, like, you're not wrong. His target rate has been way, way down compared to last year, compared to most of the seasons in his career. And they put up um, 37 on the Rams. It's like, this yeah. is the, t- the me driving back from a wedding, looking at the box score, and I have DeAndre Hopkins on my team. I'm like, oh, hell yeah. The Cardinals put up 37. I'm golden. And I check it. I'm like, what the hell? But the Bills are doing that with Diggs, too. Now, Diggs had 130 yards today, and he had, he's getting way more targets. Diggs has the same targets he was getting last year. Hopkins is not. I didn't see the number, but. Ramsey did line up against Hopkins quite a bit in this last game. Um, they had like a really good battle going. And so that's a piece of context that you have to keep in mind. Um, and then, of course, the other piece of context is, yeah, he's coming off of a ribs injury. Like he wasn't on the report or whatever. It wasn't on the injury report, but... It's not healed. I mean, do your, do your ribs just get better in a few days? <laughs> I don't think so. I I, 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 I think Robinson and Hopkins are both bylaws, and I would I would aggressively pursue them. Okay, panic button. Hitting panic button, Naheem Hines... 11 total yards and a fumble. So if that's half PPR, it's 0.1. Just one game. Yeah, Yeah, I am. Nick Chubb outscored and outplayed (laughs) by Cream Hunt two weeks in a row. Panic time? Nah, I think this ebbs and flows. Those two always do stuff like that, I feel like. Miles Gaskin, I will hit the panic button for Miles Gaskin. Two carries? Yeah. Yeah, I was going to talk about him. I have have a segment called Miles, more like kilometers. Get it? And is it about Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin? Miles Sanders and Miles Gaskin. Yeah. Uh, so Miles Sanders, it's just not looking good for him right now, especially with the team that we have, with, uh, the current team as it's built with the Eagles, who are probably going to be playing from behind for most of the next month. Uh, so in this last game, Miles Sanders actually had fewer touch opportunities in terms of carries plus targets as, than Kenneth Gainwell. Kenneth Gainwell had 11. Miles Sanders had 10. Gainwell outscored him 20.9 to 7.7. Sanders has just one double-digit game this season in PPR, which is a, kind of a bummer. And and then um, just overall, like there's just not a lot of usage for running backs in this offense when, with the way that they're playing. Sanders is going against a negative game script. So in other words, they're playing from behind a lot, which means not that much running. Uh, they also have a rushing quarterback who's stealing. <laughs> Jalen Hurts led the team in rushes this week. Um, and so the Eagles had three running back carries in week three, 10 total in week four. Um, plus, Kenneth Gainwell is good. This is like a a situation where it's just like a nightmare for a guy like Sanders who really kind of needs the volume, I think, to in, in order to pay off in fantasy. So that's just, I, I'm worried about it. I don't think it's going to get much better unless they start winning games and like give him a bunch of touches. And then for Miles Gaskin, I don't know where this came from because his usage was pretty strong last week. In fact, it was like a, a season high. He was like, he's playing over half the snaps and, and dominating rushes. This last week, or on Sunday, two carries for three yards. He played just 12 snaps. Malcolm Brown played 35. I don't know where that came from, but I, there's no way you can trust Miles Gaskin next week, right? Obviously are you, not. Are you starting either of these guys next week? I I don't. I With mean, Sanders, it's like Gaskin. tough because you probably have to. If you have a better option, no. I you're don't, not starting I, it. You can't start Miles Gaskin. Miles Sanders kind of sucks. All I'm saying... Mike Davis has more points this year than Miles, Miles Sanders. Keep that in mind. Getting back on the hill. Go back Get up back that hill. hill. Okay. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Think about all the stuff you can do now on Sundays after the Super Bowl's over. Adventurous activities. You need a Hyundai to get you there. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure with features like available H-Track, all-wheel drive. You can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.
The other panic button guy I want to hit is just CeeDee Lamb real quick. I mean, he had two catches for 13 yards, to put that in perspective. Trevon Diggs, Cowboys cornerback, had two picks, <laughs> returned them for 23 yards. Yeah. I mean, talk about what Craig just said about hitting the box score, being like, oh, I'm good. There were four different Cowboys who caught a touchdown today, and CeeDee Lamb was not one of them. Michael Gallup's yeah. out. Mark Cooper missed large portions of this game with, like, like with, with injury. He was on the sideline. And CeeDee Lamb still didn't do anything. I feel like it's game plan specific because they went to their tight ends a lot, but you cannot be thrilled if you have CeeDee Lamb. Like no. that's This was a smash spot, and he didn't I'm work. not hitting the pank button, but it's a huge bummer. So yeah, I mean, Dak only threw it 22 times. CeeDee still out-targeted Amari Cooper. So it's just, I think, yeah, a shitty game. Yeah. Not time to panic, though. All right. Uh, deceiving yards. I just want to, sh- I mean, we mentioned the Debo touchdown. I also want to throw out Odell, who had a bad game on paper, but like Baker Mayfield had one of the more egregious misthrows I've seen all season where Odell just should. Oh yeah. Like a I remember this one. They just the sailed it and just, it was man. like inside. Yeah. He like missed the like, wrong shoulder, sailed it over his head or whatever. Yeah. Ugh, anyway. Okay. Craig, Mr. Check the box squirrel day. Any fake box scores you think? Well, the only game I watched was the, unfortunately the Pittsburgh Steelers game. And if you just checked that box score, you'd be like, all right, 27, 17, they lost to green Bay. Ben, 230 yards, touchdown, a pick. Not bad. Deontay, almost 100 yards, nine catches, not bad. Najee Harris, 90 yards, not bad. No, it was bad. It was really bad. They looked (laughs) terrible once again. Ben, I think, used up all of his juices, all the drugs that they're giving him right now on that one throw to Deontay Johnson that he caught for a touchdown. And then he couldn't do anything the rest of the game. And then they were once again going back to like little check down. Shil Kapadia from The Athletic had this tweet. He said, three times in the last two weeks, the Steelers have had a fourth and four or more. Their longest passes, their longest pass on those plays went one yard beyond the line of scrimmage. All three failed. It's I don't Yikes. I don't get what we're doing. At this point, honestly, this is a Tomlin problem, not a big Ben problem. I think the whole situation is the Steelers' fault. It, 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 we're at the point where Ben's so cooked that it's not Ben's fault for coming back. I, it was weird because he did start that game with the best deep throw I feel like I've seen from him in, in two years. Really, since the elbow injury week two, 2019. I feel like it's the best deep throw I've seen since like he got hurt. Well, they did the Pulp Fiction. Then, they stabbed him with the epinephrine and then he threw that. Yeah, and, and, then, then, and then it was, and then but then it wore off. You know, I, I think, yeah, the Steelers, it's, he, I don't know, maybe he has one play a game where he looks all right, but now. Is it Mason Rudolph time? It's, any, it's time it's, to take Ben's Let's get Jacoby Myers on the Steelers. Hell yeah. That throw looked great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Deceiving yards. Uh, okay. Let's if, players you wish you had. DK, who's the player you wish you had in your team? So I'm bummed out that I don't have more Debo Samuel from the 49ers. This dude is just going off this season. He has two 30 plus games in PPR already out of four. I was I really didn't see this coming because like most of the summer I was just thinking, oh yeah, Brandon Ayuk on the trajectory to be the number one in this offense. There's still uh, George Kittle, who is the de facto number one in, in the sense like he's, you know, the like Jimmy G's favorite target. Debo's going to have to contend with these other guys. He's going to be like all around the line of scrimmage, like not really the high value touches that you're wanting. Basically what we've seen from like LaVisca Chenault, for instance, this season, I was afraid that Debo was going to get kind of like put into that box and painted into that corner. No, the guy's all over the place. Now, granted, he did have the benefit of catching a 70-something yard touchdown that was just where the defense, like the defense literally just like let him go. Whatever. It happened to Cooper Cup week one. We forgot about that. Yeah. I mean, it's still Thanks. stats. And so, but like the other thing is like, it's not just a one-off thing. He's been dominating. He's been really good. Uh, 189 yards and a touchdown this week. 93 yards the week before. 52 yards the week before. Uh, 156 yards and two scores in week one. Or sorry, I got it mixed up. He had 189 yards week one. So like, he's just number one. He's their number one receiver. He's like their best receiver. He's led their team and, in targets every game yeah, this year. Yeah, so he's just going off. Um, so yeah, I just kind of wish I had more Debo Samuel because he was definitely like, people were very much enamored and I was one of them with Ayuk and Kittle and not Debo. You guys selling high though? A little sell high potential on Debo here? Where first of all, he's like top five hamstring pull player in the league. I think that that's <laughs> the whole reason that we yeah. were out on him in the beginning and I think that was unfair. I think if you can get Top five value for him, sure, because the Niners are a little. I think if you can get top fifteen value for him, you should probably still you, do it. Yes, you can trade Debo. I think that that's like if, totally if it's Debo for CD Lamb right now, I do it. Really, rest oh, of the I season, like that. I think spicy. that's probably correct. Really? Oh yeah, I think so. I mean, it's not that spicy, but it's 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 aggressive because like man, CD's been no. I think pretty I think bad last right. two weeks. So, well, speaking of, I mean, Debo dominated. Obviously, Tyreek Hill dominated today. One hundred eighty-six yards, three touchdowns. I mean, Tyreek Hill is obviously incredible. 
the but the guy I wish I had on my team is Derrick Henry. I mean, <laughs> every year, baby. So like Chris, Christian McCaffrey's out. Dalvin Cook is in, hurt and in and hurt again. Kamara doesn't have a rushing touchdown this year. And then Derek fucking Hagenry has 33 carries for 157 <laughs> yards. And I just feel like a moron. Hi, Fitz. Remember we were talking about the Derek Henry props and we both looked at them on our own and it was like 24 carries is the over-under, 110 yards is the over-under. And I was like, what if I just said fuck it and did it? And of course he smashed it. I need to it. stop betting against Derek Henry. I need to start betting on him at every possible turn. We should pick, that we should bet cool. on him every week until he doesn't win. I think you're, that's probably, we're going to start doing that immediately. Okay, let's do that. Uh, Craig, anyone you wish you had? Yeah, is it bad? I already kind of want to say Saquon Barkley. <laughs> Dude, yeah, Saquon. I, I, the, the buy low window is is closing. Very, He's very gone quickly. from three points Slam week shot. one, seven points week two, to 18 last week, 27 this week in fantasy. He, and he looks awesome. I mean, it's, it's he, he super does. cool. It paid great. off for people. He's healthy now. I hope he stays healthy. Uh, yeah, he looks great. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I obviously was not, uh, um, did not think he would start the season well, but he already looks. I mean, on the Giants, Kadarius Tony Saquon. Well, on that, so on that DJ, note, the, the Brandon Jones. Cooks Award for the player I don't want to acknowledge as good at fantasy is Daniel Jones. Dimes. So I, I, I described this to DK earlier, Craig. I have imagined like, you know, the little like election needle, you know, the little. Yeah. My needle on Daniel Jones has not really moved in like a year. It moved today. Like what I think about Daniel Jones, it didn't change, but it's like it moved. Like it, I saw Daniel Jones played so well. He set a career high in passing yards against the Saints. He did that like before overtime. He didn't need the fifth quarter to do it. So yardage wise, best game he's ever had. Took zero sacks, played well. But the number that's most important to me, he had. So the Giants is seven minutes left in the game. Giants were down 11 points from that point forward. Giants game on the line. Daniel Jones, next three drives, goes 11 of 15 for 165 yards and his touchdown, wins the game. He looked good. Looked incredible. But, like, what's up? You know, what, like, let's actually talk here. We're fine. Uh, it's, it's, I'm not ready to be like, this is the future and, like, you should bet on Daniel Jones. The thing to remember is that the Giants have the hardest remaining schedule left in the NFL. Mm. I mean, their schedule is out of control. Let me pull it up because it's, it's kind of comical. It's basically like just a list of good teams. What would it take, Heifetz, for you to be like, he is the guy of the future? More of this. The Saints had the longest active winning streak in the NFL. But like, in the regular season, they had 15 games. I mean, and he drove down and like beat a good team. But if, and, but like, I mean, are, we, are we saying like, does he need like four or five more weeks of this? Then you're like, I'm in. But I don't want anybody else. What I would say is that I, what I saw today was more decision making, really awareness of what was happening around him. As you guys know, I've, all, I've always felt like he's a deer in the headlights. Like, when the pass rush comes, he just, like I, I've worried about him crossing the street before because I'm like, does he look both ways to see tr see trucks coming? <laughs> Maybe he can't register. Like, I, I want to uh, see more funny. of that. Like, can he keep his eyes downfield and not get crushed and not get strip sacked? Led the league in fumbles in two years. I mean, that's not like a quirk. That's a product of not knowing what's happening around you, like at all. And again, the Giants next: Cowboys, Rams, Panthers, Chiefs, Raiders. Buccaneers like let's see yes. how he does in that stretch that's that's like really tough but I was encouraged today and change my mind but I, I I'm my, my mind opened today that's all I'm just happy to see him throwing touchdowns you look, <sighs> the man just doesn't he, he just hasn't thrown many touchdowns of late uh <laughs> going back to the going back to the start of last season he's, he threw 11 touchdowns last year <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he played like the whole year I mean, two touchdowns I, in a I game. Actually, That's I meant great. to look this up. I'm I, all for I it. really was wondering if this was the first time he had more t touchdowns than turnovers in one game. I think he did it in like his debut, and I don't know if he's done it since. I think he's done it against the. If I'm guessing based on just watching him for his whole career, I bet he's get it. I, I think he's done it against the Buccaneers twice and against nobody else until today. Is my guess. No, no, no. I'm looking. He, he's done it before. Has he? Yeah, I'm sure he, he passing touchdowns. Because he's played so well against the Buccaneers in his two, in his career. Yeah, like last for his rookie year, like DK said, he did it a handful of times. Okay, all right, whatever. <sighs> okay, times. And now that my rant is over, uh, <laughs> Craig, player you don't want to acknowledge is good. It, that's good. It's AJ fucking Green, dude. Yeah, AJ yeah. Green leads the he this leads the Cardinals in receiving yards, folks. He's one off from the lead in targets. Every each week he's increased his fantasy points three, eleven, thirteen, fifteen. 
What's up? It's funny that Julio Jones do? and AJ Green were like the best receiving prospects in a long time in the same draft, and they went to two of the least relevant franchises. And everyone forgot about AJ Green. They both switched teams this offseason. And basically, no one says one word about AJ Green, and he's just straight up been better than Julio Jones this year. DK, what's. I think so. It's so funny because, like, it's so hard to know what hype to trust during the offseason because, you know, there can be incredible hype on a guy in the preseason or in training camp or whatever. And then he literally, like, gets cut or just doesn't play, blah, blah, blah. AJ Green was getting like, oh, he looks like he's in his prime again in preseason type hype. You know what I mean? And I was like, I just, I don't know if I can believe this. I can't believe this. I, I and I ultimately I didn't buy it because I have like zero AJ Green on any of my teams. Um, but yeah, it's hard to admit, but he looks really good, or he, at least he looks solid. He definitely doesn't look washed like he did last year. Um, and Kyler seems to trust him, which is huge. And like, I don't know if it's necessarily going to change because it's not like. It's tough because it's not like the Cardinals really scheme scheme or game plan things like get guys the ball. It's basically like they all run around. They all run <laughs> from like the same spot every game. So like maybe this is just going to continue. The second know. you buy in an AJ Green, DeAndre Hopkins is going to come in. He just runs routes down the right. You got Hopkins running routes down the left. We didn't really spend one moment of this offseason actually being like, you know, DeAndre Hopkins and AJ Green play together, right? I feel like we didn't even think about that. Yeah. Like, those are two That's very true. good That's players. True. We're all like, he's old and washed. Well, he looked terrible last year. It was, like, really bad. Um, but, I mean, credit to him. This is a better fit for him, clearly. And, and it's working. In, in the aggregate, if you're betting against 30-something receivers with, like, a long history of lower body foot injuries and ankle injuries to, like, just magically just improve, it's, it's, it's a low list. Okay. But that's Julio. <sighs> and everybody was, like, in on Julio. But Julio was still good and, like, his top speed was still good. He was still productive when he was healthy. AJ Green was like not yeah. productive when he was playing. Okay. Yeah. DK, do you have a player that you don't want to acknowledge as good, but they're actually good? Yeah. This one's just really quick. Taylor Heineke, quarterback for Washington. Yes. Yeah. He, he, to me, is like the definition of a moxie quarterback. Like, you, I guarantee you, announcers are going to use the word moxie or like sandlot. Grit. Gritty. He's gritty. Dads love him. Dads. Yeah. He's Dad like player. short. He like likes to play out of structure. One of his touchdowns to McLaurin was hilarious. He just chucked it up. Like it was worse than the Jameis touchdown last week where he's like guy draped on him. He just chucked it up like a moon ball into the end zone. Terry McLaurin made a play, basically boxed the guy out and caught the touchdown. And then it pans right to Heineke. He's like on the ground, like on his back. And he just like shakes his fist. Like, yes, I did that. I'm if, like, dude, you fucking checked that thing. That was a prayer. That was the worst like, pass I have seen in a really long, like that was, <laughs> it was the worst touchdown pass if ever. If Daniel Jones did that, I'd be like classic <laughs> Daniel Jones. That was stupid. Yeah. I will say though. Anyway. You know what Heineke is? He reminds me of Julian Edelman had never actually converted to receiver. <laughs> yes, totally. Um, but here's the deal. Like in this situation, it, even if he's not very good, which I mean, I think he's fine, but he's not like good. He's still going to get fantasy points because they're like playing their defense stinks for whatever reason this year. I can't explain it, but it's not a good defense. All he does is 30, run and, and reach for the pylon and score touchdowns every week. And just no defense has figured this out yet. It's like the yeah. defining feature for me of his entire career thus far. He's like one of those point guards on a March Madness team that's like a nine seed and gets hot. And they have like this, like this, like little 5'11 point guard in the floor. Like yeah. no one really knows. Just, <laughs> Yeah, I, that's actually really hiking good the shorts up. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's I know what you mean. But anyways, he's like startable. Yeah, twenty seven points yeah, this week. Twenty eight freaking points. Certainly streamable as we get to bye weeks. Streamable okay. is the word. Yeah. Weird flex, but okay. People that you could have played at flex this week. I'm just going to toss out real quick. Dawson Knox for the Bills tight end and Mo Alley Cox tight end for Colts. Both had two touchdowns. I'm just going to shout out Dawson Knox. Twenty percent rostered is your way off the tight end island. If you are streaming tight ends every week, go get Dawson Knox. The Bills throw so much like Dawson Knox is your answer. Get like, well, we'll talk about this more in the waiver show, but yeah. Craig, who's your uh, weird flex, but okay. This person is 0% owned. I've never heard of them and I don't know how to say their name. <laughs> James Prochet. It's Prochet. James Prochet, the wide receiver on the Ravens. Sure. He had six targets. He had 74 yards and five catches. It was the second most yards in the Ravens offense today. He's a second-year guy out of SMU, six-rounder. I don't know who that is, but he kept <laughs> catching balls in the second half, and I was pissed because it wasn't Marquise Brown. Yeah, it is. I Proche. thought Marquise I Brown got up. hurt. I was like, oh, somebody got hurt, and this guy's in, but they didn't. He's just in. The Ravens are just as infuriating as the Niners in their own way. 
At least they're more consistently disappointing, so there's not like the same upside. DK, who's your weird flex, but okay. John Ross, baby. Back <laughs> from the dead. I had to bring it up, Pyfitz. You knew I had to. Three catches, 77 yards, a touchdown. It was a weird touchdown. No play can be normal with John Ross, let's be honest. He kind of, it, it's like he was falling into the end zone and he fumbled as he fell onto his back. I can't remember if they called it a touchdown or if he, but then he like ran back into the end zone and recovered it. Um, do you remember, Heifetz, did they call it a touchdown or did they have him recover it? Regardless, he scored a touchdown on a It was pass. a bizarre, bizarre play. Um, anyway, I'd completely forgotten about Ross. I thought that, I, could, I didn't remember that he was in the league barely, but you know, he came off the IR this week. I don't think this is going to be a regular thing, probably. Um, because I think at some point you're going to have Sterling Shepard back. You're going to have uh, Darius Slayton, who will probably play what Ross is playing. And then, of course, uh, Kadarius Tony ascension time. Maybe this is all a Ewing sudden, theory for the Giants, I, man. I hate John Ross. And I don't really hate John Ross. I hate all the people <laughs> in my life who have been telling me about John Ross. Which, you hate me? That's rude. It's like it's like me and Ted Lasso. I don't hate Ted Lasso. I hate all the people who like Ted Lasso. <laughs> well, I don't actually. Ben Glixman is a wonderful person, but I just I have yes. I, I just really get irrationally angry when I hear about John Ross. Let me tell you about my emotional journey today, guys. John Ross scored a <laughs> touchdown for my team. For the Giants. Mike Davis sucks. And Cordero Patterson is basically on a per snap basis the best player in the history of fantasy football. Mm-hmm. That all happened today. It was a really tough, a big, man. and Daniel it's Jones tough. might be good. Like I had a, I, you know what? I had and a Saquon very was emotional one o'clock PM <laughs> period, guys. It was like really a crazy day. Oh, man. That's all. You're going to be fine. I, You're going to be fine. I hope so. I just, it's a lot. There's a lot going on. A lot of like a lot of my really deeply held opinions have been uprooted today. Mm-hmm. With that said, I'm going to toot toot my own horn. Went three for three yeah. on props again. I'm 11 for 12 in the season. I have an incredibly, um, if you think that makes heater. me sound smart, let me tell you something. I'm an idiot because I have yet to actually parlay my own props together. While people are emailing me <laughs> telling me they've won hundreds of dollars parlaying my props, I have yet to do it. So I, if I had done it, would be up 1,100% in the season. But I'm not because I haven't parlayed my props. Well, let me tell you something, Mr. Heifetz. Your luck is about to run out because next week I will parlay your three props and I will for sure lose. So. <laughs> Stay away from me. Oh, my God. Okay. so I didn't do as well. Congrats. Get if you've been specifics. parlaying my props, you've made more money on my bets than I have. So there you go. I can only yeah. be so I went one for three. Hey, my special hit, though. My Bucks Chiefs tease hit. I actually took that. I actually made that. I didn't tell you this. I actually made that bet on my own. It was nice. good. It was a good hit. Okay. All right. That's all we got. Thank you, DK. Thank you, Craig. Thank you, Mike, for producing this episode. Thank you, Lauren. Lauren. Thank you, Men at Work. Oh. Down under? I, I don't know why I thought of that. 500 kilometers and I <laughs> SNL just started. The first episode was, was yesterday on the new season. I didn't watch it. I would give my SNL takes, but I think that Bill Simmons would fire me if I said what I think about SNL. Yeah, I think it's common. I think I think how you think is how most people. It's think just like know. I so I, I a very revealing thing for me with SNL is I watched an episode of SNL with my um, my aunt and uncle who are in their sixties, and I was staying over at their house for a weekend. This is like years ago, but I was staying over at their house for a weekend, and so Saturday night we had fun. We just watched SNL, and so I I guess I was twenty three or four at the time, and they were in their sixties, and. They're making jokes on Weekend Update about things that happened on Twitter, and they just didn't th- they didn't get it at all. And I'm sitting there, and I don't think it's funny. And I'm like, who is this for? Like, fundamentally, the people who will sit down for 90 minutes and watch television for 90 minutes don't have anything in common with the people making this content. I agree. I like SNL still. Be- I've always loved it since I was a kid. I wanted to be on it when I was a kid. I still like what it represents. I like the feeling that it gives you when you watch it. It still feels somehow it's like the center of it. It's important. It's New mm-hmm. York. It's, it's yeah. live. It's cool, right? Um, but I agree. I mean, it's taking a massive drop. I mean, do you After watch that, like, it for 90 minutes or do you just watch the no. good skits? Who watches yeah, the show yeah. for 90 minutes? I, I, I tried to be a traditionalist and I would like the next day try to like watch the whole thing through on Hulu because that's where they put it up. But now I pretty much just watch Weekend Update, the opening opening monologue and maybe a sketch. I think it's just too hard to make that much content. Like you have too much competition. Like like I wish that those same group of very smart, funny people made 30 minutes a week 
Real quick before we go, Heifetz, I just wanted to let you know because I'm sure music nerds are going to get mad at you, but uh, that song you were singing, I Would Walk 500 Miles, that's not Men at Work. Oh, my what is that? God. <laughs> really? That's the Proclaimers. Oh, my. What's, why did I confuse them with Men at Work? It's because they're... Uh, I'm thinking... You're thinking Down Under. You're living in the land down under. Oh, my that's God. I'm an yeah. idiot. They also sing Who Can It Be Now? That's so embarrassing. Who can it be It's all right. Now? Oh, my God. I think that's their song. Wow. I'm thank you <laughs> for correcting that because so good many at this people were just stuff. like screaming at me for like the last few minutes. <sighs> if they're still here listening. Hyphus, you need to get to work. You need to be a man at work and listen to some more of their music. Okay, I'll do it during all the time. I'd penciled and watch SNL. I'll have to just take that off my camera. All right. Thank you, everyone. 